0: this film is lit the podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question is the book really better than the movie i'm brian i have a film degree so i watch the movie but don't read the book
1: and i'm katie i have an english degree so i do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie
0: look some of us are lazy all right
1: if by lazy you mean wrong
0: Prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide whether the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers. Because guess what? This film is lit. of the world's most popular video game dies and promises his wealth and control of the oasis to the person who finds his easter egg. It's Ready Player One and this film is lit. Hello and welcome back to the 18th episode of This Film is Lit. I'm your host Brian.
1: I'm your other host Katie.
0: Perfect. On today's episode we're talking about Ready Player One, it's in theaters now, and this is our first Switch episode.
1: Little switcheroo.
0: I read the book. Katie, you did not. I did not. And then we went and saw the movie today. Uh, it came out this weekend, so it's fresh in theaters. Hopefully people went out and saw it. Uh, first, And just real quick before we get into all of our segments, general impressions. What you think?
1: It was fine. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah,
0: it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was. It, was. it was fine.
1: Was it art? No. <laughs> but it was fun.
0: I I don't necessarily disagree. We'll get into it a lot more, but I it was alright. I, I think it I think you could argue it was art. I I have as many problems with everybody else as sort of with the sort of the recycling of pop culture as in the way they do it in this and even more so in the book. But I think it did it had its own themes that it was trying to get at. It wasn't Incre- those themes and those views weren't incredibly novel or unique, unique or yeah, novel or, or, or even that particularly particularly insightful. Mm-hmm. But they had some things in there that were, nah, you know, and and it was fun. It was a spectacle. You know, it was enjoyable to watch. I wasn't bored.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: and and uh, my review that I put on posted on Twitter or Facebook after we get out was, you know, I mean it changed. And we'll get really into it, but it changes a ton from the book. And I think that was all pretty much for the betterment of the film. Yeah. I think they did a pretty good job, without spoiling anything, of making changes where they needed to. And so I, th- I think it was fairly successful. Uh, again, it's not, like you said, it's not n- the most interesting or... Uh,
1: it's not groundbreaking. No,
0: not in any particular way. Uh, but it's fun. It's a good blockbuster popcorn yeah. movie. It's enjoyable. Even if you get past all of the nostalgia bait that it is just as if it didn't have any of that, if it was all just like robots and random shit and it wasn't all these characters, it would still be fun. I think
2: mm-hmm.
0: not, maybe not as fun, but, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, overall pretty. Okay. I would recommend go see it if you're looking for a fun movie. So, but we're going to get into our first segment, uh, which still doesn't have a title. We'll have to figure this out. Uh, where, uh, I'm going to summarize the book. Katie's going to leave and then Katie's going to come back and summarize the movie.
1: Won't that be fun?
0: In case you haven't seen it, so you have a little bit of a grounding in what happens.
1: Who is this Parzival? And how the hell is he winning?
2: Find him. This is an interesting game. I'm talking about actual life and death stuff.
0: The Oasis, the world's most important economic resource. You miss nothing less than a war for control of the future. welcome to the rebellion brian's synopsis was almost identical to katie's so for the sake of time we're gonna skip brian's and go straight ahead to katie's so here is katie's synopsis of ready player one
1: okay ready player one the movie Mm -hmm. in the distant year 2045 Mm -hmm. society is pretty much a shit show Everybody's miserable, everybody's poor, except for people who aren't. Um, People live in trailers stacked on top of each other. It pretty much just looks awful, Mm -hmm. which is why everyone prefers to spend all of their time in The Oasis, Mm -hmm. which is like this uh, giant virtual reality video game thing. (laughs) And you buy, like, equipment, and you have, like, a little headset and, like, gloves and shit. (laughs) Um, So you can, like, become an avatar inside the Oasis, um, and you can basically do whatever you want while you're in there. So our protagonist, whose real name is Wade, and in the Oasis... His name is Parsicle.
0: <laughs> Parzival.
1: Parzival. His
0: P-A-R-Z-I-B-A-L.
1: Parzival.
0: Based on Percival, the guy who found uh, or the uh, King Arthur. Right. Yeah.
1: Pars why bother changing that anyway?
0: It's the original spelling. It's in the um, Oh.
1: Parzival. The the uh, he loves the Oasis. And he spends all of his time there, which is understandable because his real life looks kind of shitty. And so there is this challenge within the Oasis, and the guy who created it, who's been dead for a few years, um, he hid these keys in places in the Oasis, and you have to, like, do challenges, and you have to find three keys, and if you find all three keys then uh, you get the keys to the kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you get all of his money, and you basically own the oasis? <laughs> Is this where we're stopping with the basic premise? Yeah, that's where I stopped, okay.
0: roughly. I didn't go into all the, because I will get into what, you know, I would right. go, have to go into all the bit by bit and what everything that's changed. So yeah, that was basically what the basic premise that I laid out. And the basic premise, funny enough, and I think this illustrates a good point, uh, you said almost exactly the same thing I did. Uh The basic premise is very much intact. They did not change the basic premise. What they did change was everything else, which we'll get into. (laughs) Uh, But yes, what you said, pretty much spot on correct. From here on out, there be spoilers Uh, Obviously you've been warned Uh, I mean every one of our episodes is like that But this movie's in theaters right now Super fresh so just wanted to lay that out So
1: if you are dead set On not having any spoilers And you haven't seen it yet Maybe just hit pause right now And run to your local theater And see it before you continue with this episode
0: Yeah. Alright so let's get into the first segment And this is fun because I've never done this before We're going to (laughs) play guess who Katie is
2: Who are you? No one of consequence. I must know. Get used to disappointment. Okay.
0: This is tough because in this one, obviously, there's the, the characters themselves, and then there's the avatars, mm-hmm. uh, and the descriptions on a lot of them aren't that great, or they're really obvious. Like, it's very clear what...
1: I understand this problem.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and there isn't actually a great description. Uh, well, I don't want to spoil it because that'll okay. help you eliminate people. All right. <laughs> um, all right, so first one. A tall... Thin, healthy man in his early 40s with unkempt hair and his trademark horn-rimmed glasses. Eyeglasses. He's also wearing the same clothing he wore in the time cover photo, faded jeans, and a vintage Space Invaders t-shirt.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, That's gotta be the guy, the creator, the guy who built the Oasis. Whose no name? name was...
0: I mean, you, you got it. It's Unless you... I, 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 there's two, st- technically, you could guess here, kind of. There was two creators. Kind of. I mean, there's right. the main creator. No, it,
1: it's not Simon Pegg. It's okay. the other guy.
0: Yeah. Uh, James Halliday.
1: Halliday. I knew it started with an H. I knew it. Which I thought I was fun
0: during the movie, because uh, anytime Simon Pegg talks to him, he calls him Jim, which is in the book, too. But uh, it's funny, because Simon Pegg plays Scotty on the new Star Trek reboots, and he calls the Captain Jim. I
2: don't hmm. know. It was
0: just... Um, So yes, that is James Halliday, uh, and that's him being described in the beginning uh, uh, of Anorak's Invitation, which is what the video that you saw where he gets up in the coffin, the Mm -hmm. whole coffin thing isn't in it, but the video where he announces the game after he dies, that's his description in this where he's in the video. One for one, nailed that one.
2: Nice.
0: All right, let's move to the next one, and this is going to be in two parts because I have two descriptions Her avatar had a pretty face, but it wasn't unnaturally perfect. Her features didn't look as though they'd been selected from a beauty drop-down menu on some avatar creation template. Her face had the distinctive look of a real person's, as if her true features had been scanned in and mapped onto her avatar. Big hazel eyes, rounded cheekbones, a pointy chin, and a perpetual smirk. I found her unbearably attractive. She wore a suit of scaled gunmetal gun blue armor that looked more sci-fi than fantasy, twin blaster pistols slung on her hips in quickdraw holsters. There was a long, curved, elfish sword and a scabbard across her back. She wore fingerless, road warrior-style racing gloves and a pair of classic Ray-Ban shades. Overall, she seemed to be doing going for a sort of mid-80s, post-apocalyptic, cyberpunk girl-next-door look, and it was working for me, in a big way, in a word, Hot.
1: Post-apocalyptic cyberpunk girl next, next door. door. Yeah, interesting. Welcome to the writing in- style. Interesting um, conglomeration of uh, stereotypes. I gave you some
0: extra clues with some words I could have left out there okay. of the, him um, finding her attractive.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that. There's also just not a lot of girls. Yeah, in this, no. so that has to be Artemis.
0: Yes, that is Artemis, and that is Artemis's
2: avatar, Right.
0: Let's go on to the next one here. You're probably going to get all of these, two for two. His avatar was a tall, broad-shouldered, Caucasian male with dark hair and brown eyes. I'd asked him once if he looked anything like his avatar in real life, and he jokingly replied, yes, but in real life, I'm even more handsome.
1: Well, I'm not sure that that matches what was in the movie, but based on, like, uh...
0: The last sentence that I should have left out.
1: Context clues? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's H.
0: Yeah, I shouldn't have read that last sentence, I realize now. Just the description would have been... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. There's, yeah. That's there's H. an
1: art to this, babe. I know.
0: I've never done it before. I'm figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, that's H. Obviously, nothing like...
1: No, in the movie, it's kind of like a...
0: It's like a, an like, orcish Yeah, almost robot. like an orc. Cyber... yeah. Yeah, a uh, cyborg thing. He's got, yeah. like, a robot midsection, and he's, yeah, kind of orcish, maybe. Um, there's actually a reason for why it's a Caucasian male, uh, which maybe, if I remember, we'll touch on later. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, that's that's H. They, they did that with everybody. They pretty much changed without, I don't think this gives away anything, they, they changed a lot of the characters from, most of the actual avatars are human mm-hmm. in the game, or in the book. Most of them. There Mm -hmm. are... You can be anything, but we'll get to why. Most of them are human, uh, eventually. But, like, actually just human and not, like, vaguely elfish or... Like, Artemis isn't... She's just a human girl, woman.
2: Interesting. Um,
0: same for, uh, H and, uh...
2: Yeah. So there isn't a good
0: description of Parzival in here. He just describes himself as looking like himself, but, like, taller and more handsome. Hmm. But that's like, so he's not like weirdly like blue faced like, and uh,
1: yeah, he looked like um Jack Frost from yeah. Rise of the Guardians. Yes,
0: he doesn't look like that. He's just like a <laughs> more handsome version of himself. Yeah. Essentially, I
1: mean, it makes sense to to do it differently for a visual.
0: Yeah, format and and the reason and be, you can do that. They talk about there are people there. You can make your avatar anything you want. The reason, and I can get into it now because it doesn't really fit in any other segment. The reason that all of like the main characters for the most part are human uh, avatars is because they're all in school in the Oasis. Oh, and you have to have a human avatar that uh, is reflective of your real life gender and huh. has to be human. So.
1: So they go to school in the Oasis? They go to school in
0: the Oasis. We'll get into it. They do all Like, it's That's so different. Weird. Well, yeah, it, it gets to the point because it's... They realize it's easier and cheaper to have no, all enough. these kids go to a...
1: To virtual school. Virtual school. And yeah. they
0: literally sit in virtual class and have professors teach a bunch of kids at once. Okay. And then... At least one more. So you're three for three so far. The rotund blank was naturally charismatic... And he grinned infectiously from behind his unruly beard and wire-rimmed spectacles.
1: Uh, This does not match anyone. Oh, fuck it. Nolan Serrano.
0: No. Unfortunately, it is Ogden Morrow.
1: Oh. Simon Pegg's character. Simon Pegg. Yeah, it doesn't look anything like that.
0: And now we mostly see him at the end of the film that's this is uh from him uh which we do see this scene when he's doing a press conference early in the movie where him and Halliday are like doing like presenting the oasis yeah this is his description then like he's in like his 40s or 50s whereas when we meet him in the end of the movie he's in his 70s maybe or something like that you're three for four yeah this one's pretty 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 easy a heavy set African American girl sat in the driver's seat. She was about my age, with short, kinky hair and chocolate colored skin hmm. that appeared iridescent in the soft glow of the dashboard indicators. She was wearing a vintage Rush 2112 concert t shirt, and the numbers were warped around her large bosom. She also had faded black jeans and a pair of studded combat boots.
1: Well, I mean, it's not spot on. But I think that's gotta be, um, Helen.
0: Yeah, it's Helen. It's H's real life, yeah. Yeah. Helen. Um, yep, that's her. This is is the description from when they first meet. Which comes at a very different time, which we'll talk about. And then the final one. She looked just as she had in the photo I'd seen. She had the same Rubenesque body, the same pale, freckled skin, the same hazel eyes and raven hair, same beautiful round face with the same reddish birthmark. But unlike the photo, she wasn't trying to hide the birthmark with a sweep of her hair. She had it brushed back. <laughs> yeah. Pretty obvious.
1: Yeah, so that's Samantha.
0: Yeah. as a description of Samantha. And that's from when they first meet in real life.
1: Awesome. Which, All right. spoiler. That's oh, where that
0: happens. Okay. So we'll get to that. <laughs> I held it up, but there's like two pages left. <laughs>
1: yeah. You just showed me the end of the book. Yeah. Um... All right, five for six. Five for six, yeah. I'll take it.
0: It's tough. I'm bad at it, one. <laughs> Two, uh, it's pretty easy. Like, it's pretty straightforward. Even though they changed most of everybody's appearance, at least their avatars, like I said, they're all slightly more fantasy and, like,
2: right, um,
0: less human than they are. And and, and and we can put it in this section because it's not really a good or a better or worse thing. All of the uh, Sixers, all of the IOI people mm-hmm. in the book are all identical white male blonde avatars oh they're not like the, the people with like headsets on or whatever yeah. like they kind of look like robots but i think they're just supposed to be because like when artemis is one later in the movie it's just her with like the I O I right head gear and stuff on and uniform they are all the people that that are sixers their avatars are all exactly the same except for sorrento's his is the only one that's different all right so yeah five or six like you said uh what, what's next i forget what are uh, we moving on next. to was that in the book
1: was that in the book? Nicholas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. What? Honestly, don't you two read?
0: All right, Katie, hit me.
1: So I kind of stopped trying to take notes on this after the second time that you turned to me in the theater and said, <laughs> I cannot stress enough how different this is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, I just have like a couple of small kind of goofy things. Yep. So, the movie is set in 2045. Is the book also set yes, in 2045? That
0: is the, I can double, triple check, but yeah, because uh, it's on the first page. Uh, but yes, I'm like 99% sure it is. It is. It's 2045.
1: The distant year. Yes. 2040. It's not that far off. No. And I enjoy that they didn't bother changing it for the movie. I mean, I know we're talking about like a kind of an alternate history here where we have like. Or breaking point, yeah, somewhere in the 80s, I guess.
0: Oh, um, yeah, well, where Halliday exists, right? So, yeah, he was born in '72, yeah. Um, and and uh, I mean, the Oasis was created in like the post 2018, like in the like 2020 or something, 2030 ish, really? yeah, 2035 maybe. It's it's not that old.
1: Oh, I got the impression that it had been, it had been like going on longer no I, guess.
0: Uh, I, don't, I don't know the exact date um but it has not been around for that long hmm. yeah no it has not it's it's not been definitely hasn't been since like the 80, it's been since like like 2030 or, or something it maybe has been around 10 15 years something like hmm. that
1: well at any rate i like that the filmmakers were just like yeah fuck it we'll go ahead and imply that we're on this track
0: Yeah, and that is very clear in the book. uh, Is that for all the faults, uh, all the faults, some of the problematic elements uh, from a progressive standpoint, it does. It is preaching the message of uh, the reason, main reason, one of the main reasons the world is all shit is because of global warming and because of our energy consumption. Mm -hmm. That is the. And now they do a really bad job in the movie of establishing the world at all. They don't do a much better job. (laughs) <laughs> Book kinda of doesn't care about that. He just briefly kind of uh describes that uh it's really bad. There are still there is still a government, there is still cities, it's not a complete like post apocalyptic scenario. Mm-hmm. Um there's there's still elections, but he says like they don't matter. Like, so, uh, it oh. doesn't matter who you vote for, it's all blood you know, sort of right. bullshit. There are like ways which we don't really see this. In one point he travels in a bus from Columbus Or no, he starts. He does actually doesn't live in Columbus to begin with. Um, They put him there in the movie. He lives in uh, somewhere in Nebraska, like Omaha. Wade actually lives in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma initially, and then he takes a bus to Columbus, Mm -hmm. and he makes a reference of that when they're driving through like sort of the countryside that it's like a lawless sort of area, and they have like armed guards on the bus so Hmm. that they and it's like bulletproof and like sort of vaguely Mad max but there are still laws, but, like, there are just a lot of, like, criminals and like. Right. I don't know. It's, again, but it's never really expanded on very much because we spend all our time in the Oasis and dealing with that and that sort of thing, so.
1: Right, but, I mean, yeah. similar to the movie, we spend, yeah. like, the yeah. the world of the Oasis is way more fleshed out yeah. than the real world.
0: Yeah, yeah, to some extent. And then even more so in the movie, uh, that the real world is, like I said, it's funny that we spend more time in the real world In the movie, but it's not, like, the actual world is not any more fleshed out. In fact, it's slightly less so than in the book.
1: Hmm. All right. Are there little flying drone bots, and do they deliver Pizza Hut?
0: From what I remember, I mean, short answer, yes, but more complicated answer, no. Um, (laughs) From what I recall, I couldn't find the exact, uh, there isn't a, it's not Pizza Hut, which it is in the, I think in the movie it was explicitly Pizza Hut. Yeah,
1: because I saw it and I was like, boy, what a piece of advertising right Um, there. But
0: they are, you can order food and have it delivered to wherever you are. I don't know if it flies there, because the only time it's mentioned, and he does order pizza, I think he does, he orders food. Eventually later in the book he gets to a place, which none of this is in the movie. Uh, And he's living in a place by himself, and he he doesn't cook or anything. He just orders all his food, and it just shows up at his door, basically. And Mm -hmm. now he's in like a high-rise tower, so I assume somebody just brings it up, or a robot or something. There's no actual allusion to there being drones that drop shit off, but I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be surprised if there were. It it makes sense technology-wise for the universe. And there is—one of the other things he goes on is that you can order stuff, and we see it in the movie, in the Oasis, and then they will deliver it to your home. Yeah. Like, he even said there's, like, a, he goes somewhere, he's, like, at a bowling alley or something, and there's a pizza place. And he said, I could order pizza in from this pizza place, and the nearest pizza place to my apartment would send me a pizza. Interesting. So.
1: Hmm. So, the curator, first of all, is the, the curator in the book no? No. Okay. Not at all. Well, then that makes the next thing moot, because... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but in the movie, he was basically
0: Ask Jeeves, yeah. right? Yeah, he, I mean, he was just, yeah, he was just a, a computer AI that, well, as we find out, he was Ogden Morrow, which is, we'll get to actually like that. But, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he is like an AI in the movie that just helps curate this museum about Halliday's life. That doesn't exist oh. in the book. Uh, the curator is not a character because uh, Halliday's journals that like that museum isn't a thing oh. what it is is everybody keeps their own journals about holiday's life it's like a big thing like everybody who's hunting for the egg uh-huh. keeps their own journal and so uh wade has his own he calls it his grail diary from uh indiana jones and the last crusade mm-hmm. um and it's all digital and like they just collect all everything they can find on
1: so it's more like a scavenger hunt.
0: Yeah, it is. It, it works the same way. It's just that they are a similar way. It's just all the information and all the research they do. That's a big part is that everybody you have to be super obsessed obsessed with with Halliday um, and his life and everything he was into in order to try to find and decipher the clues to find the keys. They do that. They have to do their own research. Like there's not a place they go and oh. has it all compiled for them. They compile it themselves, and that's one of the reasons that IOI has such a Head start, or not even a head start, but is is, um is such a formidable foe in finding it is because they have so much money and resources that they have like all of the information compiled like way they're way later in the book we find out that they had all kinds of stuff and emails and like all this stuff that like our characters never knew about because they just had more resources to find it and go get that stuff like they had like his grade school report cards and like you know all that kind of stuff so that's kind of the difference there there is no curator. We'll get to it in my Better in the Movie, but in, okay. the, in the book, that doesn't exist.
1: <laughs> Do Artemis and... Parzival. Parzival dance to Saturday Night Fever?
0: Yes. So that scene is in the book. The uh-huh. uh, It's called The Distracted Globe. That uh, that The dancing scene, the zero-G dancing, is a, is a, is a prominent... I say prominent. It's a scene in the book. Um, and he does, since he, he doesn't know how to dance, he loads up a dancing program called the Travoltra. Oh. So it is, but now there's no mention of them dancing to Saturday Night Fever. But it's
1: implied.
0: Kind of, or if nothing else, this style is implied because they're actually dancing to and the music that's being played by Ogden Morrow because that scene is all Ogden Morrow's birthday. Oh. He has a birthday party at this club and invites all these celebrities. Okay. And so that's where they, why they're there. They don't think it's like a clue or a thing that, or or a place where to find a key or anything. That's not how that works at all. It's just Ogden Morrow has a birthday party and they're all famous gunters who found the first key. Uh-huh. And he invites them all. And oh. they hang out there. And then a similar thing happens where the, the IOI shows up and bursts through the ceiling. Like That all plays out pretty similarly-ish. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they do dance, and there is. The Travolta is mentioned, but they're dancing to Ogden Marl playing, like, 80s music, so it's probably not tech, or it's probably not disco. Hmm. Similar, and Travolta is mentioned, so
2: okay. I get where
0: they made that, yeah. <laughs> that connection it's and made that.
1: Not too much of a leap. No. Is there a scene where there are dancing zombies with uh, his old girlfriend? <laughs> no.
0: Not even a little bit. So the one of the biggest things that that changes uh, in the movie is none of the challenges, quote unquote, are remotely the same. Oh, not even close to the same. Okay, like not even close to the same. Um, and that is a big one. The second challenge or whatever uh, you want to call it, um, where they go and do the Shining. Shining is never mentioned. Oh. I mean, maybe it's mentioned once, but it's it's. It's not a it's not a thing. They completely... And that was the thing that was for, like, whoa, okay. They completely changed. Because, like, the first ten minutes of this movie, I was like, yep, seems like pretty much like the book. And then when you finally get to the first challenge, the car race, completely, like, not remotely what happens in the book. Oh,
2: okay. Um,
0: and we'll get to that in Better in the Book, Better in the Movie a little bit. I, the main thing is that... Um, the, I'll just describe what the differences are. The first challenge in the... Uh, so it, it works differently... They have to figure out where the first key is hidden. It takes a long time. The, the time span in the, in, the, in the book is a lot longer than the movie.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, it takes place over like a year and a half or something like that. Oh. Uh, or Roughly like a year or something yeah. like that. There's like big periods of time in between all the findings of keys and stuff like that. It doesn't happen in a couple days. That's one of the big changes too. They find out they, the first key they end up find, figuring out is is, is uh, being hidden on... The school planet, Lutus, which is the school planet they all go to school on. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of hiding in plain sight. Like, nobody ever looked there because it's just a, a planet full of, like, a bunch of copies of the same school. And yeah. there's, like, not really... There's no, it's a non-PVP zone. There's nothing else on it. There's nothing there. It's just schools. Um, but anyways, that's where it was. Artemis finds it first. What it is is it's a dungeon. It's a recreation of a dungeon from Dungeons and & Dragons. And they go in the dungeon... <laughs> they go in the dungeon... And when they get in the dungeon, they have to get to the end, and then they, this is why it's so different. They meet a lich, Uh and they have to play the lich in a game of Joust, which is a video game. Literally, they play a giant demon lich in in an arcade cabinet Joust game, Mm -hmm. and if they win, then they get the bronze key, the first key. So
1: interesting.
0: <laughs> that's what happens in the book. In the movie, it's a car race that you have to drive backwards in order to. get <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which I get why they changed that because, and I, I don't want to. It's more exciting, and again, when we get right. to better in the movie, we'll get to that. But
1: you know, that sounds vaguely reminiscent of the first Harry Potter.
0: Yeah, a little bit, and that's why I think people compared it to Harry yeah. Potter slightly. But yeah, so that's the thing. And they, they, they also changed... It's not just finding the keys. When you find the key, you then have to find the gate it goes to and then go through that gate and complete another challenge. And they changed that completely in the movie to where it's basically just find the key. And then mm-hmm. once you get to the end, you use all three keys. In this one, it's find it, figure out where the key is, go to the key, do a thing to get the key. Yeah. Then you, t- figure, then you get a clue to find where the portal for that key, the gate for that key is. And you go to the gate use the key on the gate, and have to do another challenge, and then they give you another, After you, if you complete that, then you get a clue to where the next key is, hmm. basically. And then the final one is just the crystal key into the crystal gate, and then that you do the final challenge. You don't need all three keys. You use them as you go, basically. Oh. So it's very different. Um, we'll get into it again. It's, it's okay. so completely different. It's kind of hard to, <laughs> to describe how different it is. I hope I answered your question. I don't remember what it was.
1: <laughs> we started out talking about the the zombie thing. Oh yes. Yeah. so the,
0: the zombie thing. No, no, no. Um, there Doesn't is movies. Happen. There are movies in the book, but the movies are different. Uh, it, it, the movie in the uh, it's not the second challenge. In the first challenge, when he goes in the first gate, after he gets the key, he goes in the first gate and he has to recreate. He has to reenact playing the lead role of uh, Matt uh, Matthew Broderick's character in War Games.
1: Interesting. He, he
0: they reenact the whole movie. He has to reenact the whole movie, say every line, and do the whole and do all the actions.
1: And is that all written out? No, it
0: okay. it is for uh, a little too long, uh, but then eventually <laughs> it skips ahead and goes. Okay. Uh, and then I did it. Yay! Like basically, I Yay. got to the end. All right. And that's how he completes the first game.
1: Um. Okay. At any point, does Parsigal. Did I get it wrong again? Parsival.
0: Parsival.
1: Parsival. Yeah. At any point does Parzival
0: You can call him Z. That's what they call him.
1: Z. Yeah. Do, at any point does he kick the bad guy in the junk? No. 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 I thought that might have been a movie yeah, that's thing. That's a movie thing.
0: You, yeah, you ac- accurately picked that, and I thought it was a cheesy movie thing. I thought it was yeah. dumb. Like, I get it's kind of like a kid moment, but, like, yeah, he kicks him, and then yeah. that is the thing, the whole haptic suits that they wear, that they're called haptic suits that let you feel what you, what's happening in the game. That's mm-hmm. very much in the, in the book, um, and, and they even go into a lot more detail about all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but, yes, they're, they do have haptic suits, and they can feel, and even some of them, like I said, if you get shot, they it can register like pain but like it's not they they compared if you get shot in the game it's like getting moderately punched hard kind oh, of okay um so but no no he does not get kicked in the nuts
1: cuz see i was thinking after the movie if you had a suit like that like i i understand covering the crotch area if you're going to do particular activities yeah. in the Oasis. Yes. Get that. Yep. Um, but, like, if you know you're going to fight, wouldn't you just not, <laughs> wear, not that wear that part yeah. of the suit? There's no
0: reason to, because it yeah. doesn't allow you to do anything extra. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah, doesn't, yeah.
1: Okay, anyway. Yeah. Um, I have one more thing for Was That in the Book? I would like to know if Z and Artemis slash, well, I guess not Samantha. Wade and Samantha, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I want to know if they were in insta-love.
0: The answer to that is no. Okay. Uh, kind of on Wade in, Wade's in because he has, like, super crush on her. Because she's a very, I, they don't ever, they do vaguely mention it in the movie. He says, like, she's a popular Twitch streamer. Yeah. Um, but she's, uh, like, a very, like, popular famous blogger. Basically, oh. who talks about um, hunting for the egg and like she's like super famous um, within the world of the Oasis, mm-hmm. and so he already has a crush on her like before he ever meets her. Right, and he's, like, and blown they, away they, the first time he meets her. Similar, well,
1: yeah, so. they they do that, but it, yeah, yeah,
0: they meet very differently. They meet they meet during the first finding the first key. It's just on the planet with the the dungeon. She find it finds it before he does, but mm-hmm. he gets the key first because he beats the lich. Oh. She's been trying for like three weeks to beat the Lich and Joust and failing, I basically, see. even though she already found it way before anybody else. Um, and then he finds it eventually and beats it before, and they meet up in the dungeon one night, like bump into each other. So. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but yo, know, no, so their relationship takes place over a much longer period. Because like I said, the book takes place over the course of like a year. Yeah. So when they meet, um, they meet and they kind of quip and blah, blah, blah. And then eventually they start hanging out more and more and more together uh, and it's all in the lead up to that dance party, the party. Right. They've been vaguely kind of-ish dating. Uh, and it's hard to describe, hard to kind of parse what they're, <laughs> but like they, they've they been hanging out constantly and like vaguely kind of dating and, and, and that sort of thing for like weeks, if not more.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it all does blow up at the party where he says, I love you. And she's like, right. you don't love, She that's this conversation pretty similar. She's like, you don't love me, You you don't know me. And she's like, look, we gotta, and then she, part her thing is she, she breaks it off with him because she doesn't want to be distracted is what she says, mm-hmm. um, because she wants to find the egg. And they have not been, they've been slacking in their hunting for stuff
2: oh, okay. because they've been
0: hanging out so much and just like goofing off and like, you know, right. starting a relationship. So they haven't actually been working on fi- solving anything. And when he's like, I love you. And she's like, look, no, you don't, <laughs> you don't know me. Right. And cause he, he wants to meet her in person and she's like, no. So it's not like in the movie; it's like you, they've known each right. other for a day.
1: Yeah, well, and I, I get like the in, an instant infatuation right. on his end. No. I get that; don't have a problem with that. But then, like, like right when they meet up in real life, they're like, oh, "I love you."
0: Yeah, I actually thought that was funny because it it kind of makes more sense that she so instantly is like, "What? No, you don't even know me." Yeah. And then it is because they've been hanging out for a long time in the book now. It makes sense in the book as well because one he's like kind of gross mm-hmm. and like nice guy and like I would be off put by him too. Um, <laughs> but I mean they have been like vaguely dating, but and then he's like I want to meet you, I love you, and she's like, ah, never mind, nope, <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope. We just hang out in mm-hmm. a video game, mm-hmm. like, nope, yeah. Which we'll get to that in some more later okay. segments. But yeah, no, it's it's a much longer period.
1: All right, all right. Well then, that all means right? that it's time. Lost in Adaptation
0: There you go, you nailed it First try
1: (laughs) Just
2: show me the way to get out of here And I'll be on my way
0: Wow,
1: was lost Yes, yes, and I want to get unlost As soon as possible Okay, so before um, We get started on Lost in Adaptation I want to preface this With some information about myself Okay I did not have video games Growing up no video right. games. Um, you know this. Yeah. Our listeners, well, some of them might Me, know this. Yeah. So I didn't have video games growing up. Uh, never got into them. Don't really know anything about them. Yeah. Don't really care. Yeah. So there's a the chance that some of my Lost in Adaptation stuff could also be aptly titled Katie Doesn't Know Anything About Video Games. Okay. So just... Yeah, just gonna put that out there. All
0: right, that's fine. Okay, I'll do my best.
1: All right, so the Oasis. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a game, but it's a place. But it's a it's a, it's a game. Like
0: yeah,
1: like you have to like get coins and stuff. Like, what if I want to just chill? You can. Or do I have to like do shit? No,
0: it's 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 a virtual reality simulation. You can do shit, but you can also do nothing. Like. And they they don't really touch on it too much. but like 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 I said, well, there's like a schools, there's right and stuff. So there's people who just go in it and go to school. Like there's,
1: but you have to have like the credits or the coins or whatever to get stuff.
0: Yes, you do. Which is actually a bigger plot in the book uh, is because Parzival is very poor, and so right. he st- actually ends up for the whole first beginning part of the book. He's stuck on the. Because in order to get to other planets, you either have to have a spaceship or you have to teleport, and teleporting costs a lot of money. Uh, And so he's stuck on Lutus, which is the education planet.
2: Uh
0: And so... It's part of what gets it rolling is that he finds out he realizes that the first key is on the planet he's on, so he didn't need to be able, have to go anywhere oh, else and I then see. and then once he finds that first key he I see. gets a lot of money like he does in right. the movie so then he can buy stuff but so you, uh, you 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 need money to buy stuff yeah you can you get you can get that money from real life you can spend money in the real world to buy credits in the game right so if you have money already in the real world
2: you can, you can have money that in the money. game.
0: Or, if you're poor, you can earn it slowly over time by collecting, doing quests, killing monsters, that, whatever. Um, But you can also do, like, nothing. You can do whatever you want. It's a giant, it's basically a simulation of a universe, and there's all kinds of different planets with different stuff on them, like, you see the Minecraft world. But, like,
1: if I don't have any money and I'm just stuck on the school planet, like, what can I do there? Go to
0: school. Nothing. And that's how the book starts. He can't do anything. He just is there, and he can walk around and hang out and go to school. Um, and there are other things you can kind of do, like his buddy, like H has a chat room that he you can go and visit, which is not part of the simulation, which is its own like separate program. But you can uh-huh. your avatar can go there, and you can all hang out. Like they all hang out in H's, or I say they all him and H hang out in H's uh, hangout chat room basement place that we see kind of in the movie. Um, it's not in like a hangar; it's like right. a separate virtual place.
1: Okay,
0: um but yeah, you just do, you do whatever you want. <laughs> it's like a, it's yeah, it's just a universe where you can do whatever you want but I you... guess I don't understand what you're.
1: Okay, but my point is is that if you don't have the credits, yeah, you can't do whatever you want.
0: yeah, uh, I mean eventually you you start gating them and then that's how video games work. so okay, again, I get your I, to your point earlier, yeah, you start out, you might not you can't do anything. Um, it is sort of pay-to-win in the sense that you can...
1: Okay, so how do I get credits if I'm stuck on the school planet?
0: There are different ways you can, and he talks about this, you can, um, he can, like, hitchhike with people, like his friends who have money or whatever, Uh he can go with them to other planets that have monsters and stuff on them, and, like, he talks about going and, like, killing a bunch of, like, and this is all insider gamer jokes, kind of, about, like, where he goes and he kills, like, like, low-level, like, little creatures in the woods uh-huh. for like hours just to get like, you know, a little bit of money that he can then use to get a shield or a sword or whatever and then okay. and then eventually you build up more and more and more and more and more and that sort of thing. But there's lots of different ways to get money. You can get it from collecting enough people that are, you know, things that die or doing quests or whatever or spending buying it in the real world.
1: Okay. All right. Well, and I I just and we can we can talk about this more. We're gonna and have like, to move along. To I know, it, yeah. but like I think the biggest issue that I took with this whole concept was that they're like the only limit is your imagination. Well, no, the limit is how many credits you have.
0: Y- yeah. Yes, that is true. You're you're not wrong. And the, the idea is that it would be, and this may be why it got libertarian award uh, of the year is that you earn your fucking credits and then you can do whatever the fuck you want.
1: Sure. <laughs> But then the limit isn't your imagination.
0: The idea is that once you have enough money, the limit is you can do what, like, you can make anything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I get it. I
0: I get your point. Yeah. I don't don't disagree, I guess. I
1: I get it. I just think it's inaccurate to say that the limit is your imagination if the limit is actually how much money you have. It is both. Moving on. Yes,
0: okay. You're not, yes, I I do agree. I do agree. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very apt uh, assessment.
1: So in the game, if you die, yeah. you reset back to like like you lose everything. Yes. So it's not like wherever you saved last.
0: No, there's no saving.
2: Okay. Um, right.
0: No, the way I mean, there is saving in the sense that like you can log out and that saves where you are and what you have. But there's no saving in the sense of like, oh, I got this stuff now. I'm going to save. So then if I die,
2: right, I
0: won't. I could just go back to that last save. It's you. You. If you die mm-hmm. in the game. You um you start back over at level one oh. with nothing.
1: That seems harsh.
0: Yeah, and it's it, it's very few games that are like that. Uh, like I've played a lot of World of Warcraft, which is probably the most similar-ish kind of a thing we have right now going, uh, or or any MMO. Like that's kind of what it is. It's an MMO, not, it's not kind of. It's exactly what it is. It's an MMO basically, and it's kind of like an MMORPG. and World of Warcraft. In that, if you die, you don't lose your stuff. You don't start back over. You mm-hmm. just lose some money, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in this, they start... And the whole reason for that is so that there stakes. Right. No, I get it. I get it. Because if it was just, okay, now you start back over, then or you, know, you go back and you lose a little bit of money, it wouldn't matter. But yeah, that's just to add stakes in the game right. world.
1: Okay. So in the movie, he buys the the suit thing Mm -hmm. that lets him feel all the stuff when he's in the Oasis. Yep. And that, like, in a a roundabout way leads to the bad guys finding out who he is in real life. No. Well, but it kind of does, because, like, he says what his real name is, but then they're like, oh, we cross-reference that with everybody who bought the thing. Yes, yes, yes. But I was thinking, like, wouldn't that reveal who he was buying the stuff and having it like real world stuff like wouldn't they be able to just like check the records of who bought the thing
0: The well but the thing is they didn't know he bought it until he hmm. they didn't know he bought it like now in the movie i'm talking about in the movie okay. um the idea is that they didn't know he bought it and then or wait i guess they did I don't even know. I, I'm a little confused by that, because that's not how it happens in the book. They just okay. know who he is. They just oh. have the resources and the money. They just figure out who he is.
1: See, that makes more sense. Yeah. They
0: just Because I just feel know like they'd
1: is. be able to do that. Yeah,
0: that is what happens. That all plays out similar where they blow up his trailers. Or oh. his family. Or, Gosh. Or, that all plays out exactly the same, which is one of my criticisms, because he doesn't spend a lot of time being very upset about all the people that died. But.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, he doesn't really in the movie, either. No, that's
0: what I mean, yeah. And yeah. it's the same in the book. Like, he doesn't... He seems a little upset. There is a moment where he cries for a while, but he gets over it pretty fucking quick. And it's not even that... Uh, It's like, sure, his asshole uncle or whatever and his aunt... Because his aunt's kind of an asshole in the book, too. Yeah. Like, she's not as slightly... Vaguely sympathetic that she is in the movie, but there's a lot of other people described as living in that stack, including that lady who he says hi to when he slides down the rope. Yeah, I mean she's not in more. She's like a slightly expanded scene where he talks to her, and it's clear they're like friends. Um, But there's also a bunch of kids. He's like there's like a bunch of little kids living in his in his trailer with him and his aunt. There's like 12 people living in it. Oh, and that's why he sleeps on like the washing machine. Like he has like a Hmm. um. And there's, like, a bunch of little kids, and, like, all these little kids die. And he's, like, kind of sad about it for a few minutes, and then, like, well, whatever.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, alright, okay. Sure. So when the Resistance grabs Wade, and it's kind of a, uh, like, a red herring, like, you think he's getting taken by...
0: Uh, By by Sorrento, or by IOI, yeah. By
1: IOI, but then it's actually the Resistance. Yeah. Um, And they have him blindfolded, which I kind of get. But then they also have, like, his hands tied behind his back. And, like, and then they, like, as soon as he wakes up, they cut his hands free. And I'm like, why'd you tie him up? What was the point? Can you offer any insight on that? None of that's
0: in the book. Okay. (laughs) None of that is in the book. It's, that's, like I said, they don't meet, as I showed you, they don't meet until the last ten pages. That's completely changed uh, how... I actually... We'll get to it. I actually like that change. Um, yeah. But they... So I have no input on why they would have him tied up or other than kind okay. of suspense just, of the moment. Yeah,
1: that didn't make any sense. No, it
0: doesn't. It doesn't.
1: Okay. Um, and my last thing, I... Well, my second to last thing, I guess. Because I have another one. I don't know if you're going to be able to give any insight on this because you said all the challenges were different.
0: Completely different. But I can try. But, um... Except so for the last ones...
1: The last okay, so the last challenge where the the I O I guy is playing Atari, Atari yeah, right, Um, and Artemis is in there and she like sees him playing Atari and trying to get the key yeah, and then she goes back out to catch up with everybody else. But I'm like, why wouldn't you just shoot that guy?
0: I got no input on that. I mean, it, that's I say it's slightly similar. There's only similar in that adventure plays a part in the final challenge. Oh, okay, but the final challenge is nothing. It's not even remotely. It's in Castle Anorak. Like that's where they have to go. That whole thing is similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. If she could oh, have. Maybe she never. No, she didn't have a gun. She didn't have a gun. What? She's a she was she was like a working for I O I. She didn't have any way to shoot him. Or wait, was that after but then
1: later on? She has guns. Is
0: that was she in there when she does? I don't remember.
1: Okay, the way I remember it, she, like, escapes from them, and it's, like, I think after she destroys the force field, and then she sees him playing the game, and I'm like, oh, okay, good, shoot him. That way at least he can't finish it. But then she just, like, goes back out, and she starts fighting with them, and she appears to have weapons.
0: I don't remember this, I don't... I don't know. I don't remember her being in there by that and Mm, then going back out. The only time I remember her being in there is when her and Parzival go in there and then Parzival shoots her. Like, I don't...
1: Uh, All right. I don't know. I I don't know. I I just...
0: I don't... I vividly don't... I I vividly don't remember what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: it happened and it confused me.
0: Okay. I'll take your word for it.
1: Okay. Uh, Last thing. I just want to know. I don't understand... Like, okay, I understand what a Gunter is, mm-hmm. but I want to understand how we came up with that term. Like, is it a portmanteau? It is. Because like, it it's Egg Hunter, yeah. but then, like.
0: That's it. That's, that's all. it. That's so it. So we so they just call lost Gunters. the E. Yep. For, I, boy, I don't remember where that is in the book, but yes, that is that is it. It is. Right. The, okay. It's Egg Hunter, and then they just shorten it to Gunter because reasons.
1: Egg Hunter, which makes this movie seasonal.
0: You're right. It's an Easter movie. (laughs) Holy shit. Didn't even. Oh, boy.
1: I got the joke. Oh,
0: my God. That's yep. You're right. Holy cow. All right. Let's do it. I got so much to talk about and we're already an hour in time for better in the book.
2: You like to read? Oh, yes. I love to read. What do you like to read?
0: Everything. There's only a few things <laughs> better in the book, in my opinion. The book has its merits. Um, it's also not... So, I've, I've, I've kind of said this multiple times as we've been talking about this and leading up to this, that it's not mm, the best book in the world. It mm-hmm. uh, has a lot of problematic elements. Also has, early on, uh, it's very rough. Um, the writing is tedious and <sighs> so overly reliant on references and talking... and and. Yeah, just overly reliant on references to the point of tedium, and just like awfulness. I I was saving this, but I'll do it right now. um, (laughs) In the better in the book segment, for some reason.
1: So this is an excerpt from the book that is not good.
0: No, yes, this is an excerpt from the book that is not good. But I just want to to reference my point of uh, (sighs) the tedium of the references. This is it's long, but I'm gonna try to do it quickly. The Almanac contained thousands of references to Holiday's favorite books, TV shows, movies, songs, graphic novels, and video games. Blah, blah, blah. Cut some stuff out. When it came to my research, I never took any shortcuts. Over the past five years, I'd worked my way down the entire recommended Gunter reading list: Douglas Adams, Kurt Vonnegut, Neil Stevenson, Richard K. Morgan, Stephen King, Orson Scott Card, Terry Pratchett, Terry Brooks, Bester, Bradbury, Haldeman, Heinlein, Tolkien, Vance, Gibson, Gaiman, Sterling, Moorcock, Scalzi, Zel- uh, Zelazny. I read every novel by every single one of Halliday's favorite authors, and I didn't stop there. He's insufferable. This this character is insufferable. <laughs> At least early.
1: Ah, uh, I mean, I think I get the gist of what you're saying. Is there more? Oh,
0: oh boy! I also watched every single film he referenced in the almanac. Oh my if it God. was one of Halliday's favorites, like War Games, Ghostbusters, Real Genius, Better Off Dead, or Avenger the Nerds, which there's rape in that movie, so that's uh, unsurprising that this guy likes them. Uh, that's unfair, but. <laughs> it's just, hmm. I rewatched it until I knew every scene by heart I devoured, uh, devoured each of what Holiday referred to as the holy trilogies Star Wars, originals, and prequel trilogies in that order Lord of the Rings, The Matrix, Mad Max, Back to the Future and Indiana Jones Holiday once said that he preferred to pretend the other Indiana Jones films from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull onward didn't exist I tended to agree Oh. I also absorb the complete filmographies of each of his favorite directors: Cameron, Gilliam, Jackson, Fincher, Kubrick, Lucas, Spielberg, Del Toro, Tarantino, and of course, Kevin Smith. Oh my god! <laughs> it's the most insufferable. <sighs> These are the two pages I was talking about. That it's the book actually does get slightly readable after the, after <laughs> once we get into <laughs> once things start happening. And it's not the character talking and explaining things. It gets so much like more digestible and less obnoxious. But holy shit, I is this... I
2: think
1: that you should become a book critic because I would love to see an edition of this that has a pull quote from you on the back that just says, it does become slightly readable. <laughs> it does.
0: It does. <laughs> oh, and just... I'm done. There's more. It honestly goes on for almost another whole page. Uh, but I'm just gonna... Just to kind of get an essence for the character... I spent three months studying every John Hughes teen movie and memorizing all the key lines of dialogue. Only the meek get pinched. The bold survive. You could say I covered all the bases. I wasn't going to cut any corners. I wasn't going to miss something obvious. Somewhere along the way, I started to go overboard. I may, in fact, have started to go a little insane. Uh, and then there's a bunch more lists.
2: Jesus.
0: Uh... Yes, yes, indeed. Anime and live action. Godzilla, Gamera, Star Blazers, the Space Giants, and G-Force. Go Speed Racer, go. I wasn't some dilettante. I wasn't screwing around. I memorized every every last Bill Hicks stand-up routine. Music? Well, covering all the music wasn't easy. It took some time. (laughs) And then it lists a bunch of bands. (laughs) I kept at it. I burned the midnight oil. Did you know that Midnight Oil was an Australian band with a 1987 title "Bridges Are Burning"? I was obsessed. I wouldn't quit. My grades suffered. I didn't care. <laughs> so anyway, that's it. Goes on and on and on. It's he's just the most. The, one of my biggest problems is it's super gatekeepy. Yeah. Uh, and 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 pretentious and. Yeah. He just—he's so obnoxious, uh, and I have it marked again. Uh, one more quick thing before I actually talk about things I liked in the book, because um, <laughs> there will be more I talk about that I don't like. This is a thing he says. That, this is all in first person, uh, obviously. This is when he's at school on Ludus. This is a mm-hmm. thing. This is a thing. The main character we're supposed to like says. <laughs> The entire planet of Ludus was a no-PVP zone, meaning that no player-versus-player player combat was permitted. At this school, the only real weapons were words, so I'd become skilled at wielding them. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, uh. So, yeah, that's uh, a little... And I have one more, if I can find it. It's just...
1: Uh, how old is he supposed to be?
0: He's he's in high school. He's, like, okay. 17, 18. He's, he's graduating high school in the book. Ugh. So Rock is a character
2: mm-hmm.
0: in the movie. The bad guy, one of the bad guys. He's a character in the book. that He's like the big, in the movie, he's the big guy with the gun oh, that shoots him. Okay, His name's Irock. Idea. He's in the book, but he's in it for like a chapter and mm-hmm. does not have a relevant role at all. He's not a bad guy. He's just another gunter who's, who, as our main character describes him, unironically, like I said, he was a total poser. Oh, God. So uh Irock in the book is a character who is a gunter but he's he's like a rich guy um and he doesn't he doesn't know all the stuff and there's this really great back and forth between um H and I say great it's terrible back and forth between H and uh Irock and Parzival, early in the book arguing about nerd shit and yeah. it's like the most pretentious like gatekeepy like I said he's just obnoxious and the thing that's really suffers about the book is that he doesn't learn a lesson about how he... Like, I was hoping, like, wow, you're the worst. Like, I hate you. And I thought maybe there was going to be, like, a moment where he realizes that he's kind of an asshole. hmm That never happens. Awesome. So... Cool. <laughs> in fact, it, it, there's a moment later in the book where um, they've just completed the final challenge, basic, or about to complete the final challenge, he comes in and lands next to Artemis, and uh, she, uh, H says, congrats on wasting Sorrento in the in the book. Uh, Parzival kills Sorrento, not Artemis. It was an epic throwdown for sure, but you're still a complete idiot, you know that, right? Yeah, I shrugged, I know. You're such a selfish asshole, Artemis shouted. What if you've gotten yourself killed? I didn't, though, did I? I said, stepping around to examine the crystal door. So chill out, and let's open this thing. That's mm-hmm. the end of the book. Like, he's still the same fucking smug asshole who, like, knows a lot of dumb shit that nobody needs to know. <laughs>
1: Three cheers for character development. Yeah,
0: exactly. I, he does, there is some character development. I won't want be entirely unfair and say there isn't any. He definitely um, learns to appreciate the real world. Uh, m- once he's rich and right. has a girlfriend, he learns yeah. to appreciate the real world. But anyways, alright, so things that were better in the book. Holy cow. So the Iron Giant we didn't talk about that yet uh, iron giant is mentioned
2: mhm
0: uh, the way that that shows up in the he's not actually in as like a thing that fights in the in the book one of the challenges the reward that everybody who completes the challenge is that they get a mech a little a little statue of a mech they get to the pick from like one of hundreds of them mm-hmm. and then they can bl- make it big and they can use it like as a vehicle basically mhm Um, And one of the options, he says, as he's scrolling through, he lists off a handful of mechs that he could pick from, and one of them is the Iron Giant. He ends up not picking it, and nobody else does. They all end up... But at the end, so the end, that big fight at the castle, they are all in giant mechs. Not Mm -hmm. not all the Gunters, but uh, all of our main characters are in... They each have their own mech from the challenge that they completed. Wade is in... Leopardon, which is a leopardon, which is a mech from a Japanese Spider-Man series. Okay, it's super obscure and weird. I don't like. They're all from really obscure ones. One of them is in a Gundam, um, which shows up kind of.
2: Uh
0: Um, But I like that they're all in mechs. It's fun and it makes sense where they come from, kind of. And there's some fun mech battley stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, and it makes sense too because what's his name does get in a giant. Uh, hit the mech Sorrento took was Mechagodzilla and it is huge which is a little bit weak in the book because it doesn't make sense they're all like blown away that he has this giant Mechagodzilla but it was just one of the things they could have taken but apparently none of them thought to (laughs) but it's like super powerful and destroying all of them And like, but that's where he got it It, it, at least the implication is he got it the same place they all got theirs that he just took a better one (laughs) I don't don't know (laughs) but it's fun when they're all in fucking mechs beating the shit out of each other and it makes more sense, I'm not a big fan of uh, the Iron Giant being the mech that that fights, because I get why they did it, we talked about it, it's Warner Brothers, but mm-hmm. from my me- recollection of the film, isn't Iron Giant kind of like a pacifist, kind of? Like, he's not big I've on fighting. I've never
1: seen it, but I believe that is... The case. It, yeah,
0: like he's kind of yeah. like so. It's a little weird watching the Iron. G- I mean, it's kind of fun in a dumb way, yeah. but like I mean,
1: it it makes sense because it's it's a mech. It's not the Iron Giant, right? In the movie,
0: yeah, yeah, in the yeah. movie, yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. Uh, H isn't it? Yeah, like it's controlling it. It's not yeah. You're right. It's not actually the Iron Giant, but still, I just find it a little no. I you're right. Know, it's weird that odd this character who is you know sort of a a peaceful thing. It's Mm -hmm. like running around murdering. I mean, I say murdering. It's a video game. But um, anyways, but so the Max fighting at the end of the book is cool. Uh, uh, It takes place over a longer period, which we talked about. I think Mm -hmm. that I know why they changed it for the movie, but I like it adds some stuff. There's a whole big middle part where uh, after he gets a bunch of money, Wade moves to Columbus. Like I said, he starts in Omaha. Mm -hmm. He moves to Columbus, rents a really fancy apartment and gets super decked out, cool uh, Oasis machine. Um, And there's some interesting description of, like, his apartment and all the technology involved. uh, Because he's, like, rich at this point. And he... One of the things I thought was cool, funny in the book that they don't ever touch on in the movie is that he uses a... And a lot of people do, but he uses a... um, uh, His shower has hair-removing lotion that it sprays on him every morning. and So it's, like, Nair, basically. Uh And so he's completely hairless. Everywhere.
2: Everywhere? Everywhere. Even,
0: like his head? Ev- his head, his eyebrows. He doesn't have eyebrows. He doesn't have any hair on his body. What's the
1: purpose the of it The purpose this?
0: of it is it gets better connection to your haptic suit. Oh, God. Without any okay. hair there. All right. Yeah. I, sure. It was, it was, you know, it kind of made sense and it was like. Yeah. I don't know.
1: But I can understand why they didn't want their lead to be completely hairless and look like a lizard person. And he's
0: not like that in the beginning. It's only once he gets, later on, and he gets money and a fancier digs and all that stuff. But I thought it was an interesting kind of world-building thing, like, detail. Um, The Zemeckis cube in the movie makes no sense, uh, where he uses the um, Rubik's cube to turn back time and everything back. So it doesn't make any sense because those are all people, like, you can't reverse the time. In a game like that, you wouldn't be able to reverse the time of everybody else, mm-hmm. because those are all their own people. They're not like computers. Right. So it, I, it didn't make any sense. That's not in the not in the book at all. So I just the fact that that's not in there, I thought it was better, because I thought that made no sense. I don't know why they, whatever. This is potentially better in the book. Uh, Dato dies. Oh. The person.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: IOI kills him. They throw him off of a skyscraper in the book. Oh, uh, about uh, about right around the second when they're finding the second key, there's a big fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they don't work together till the very end of the book. Like they start work, all start working together like really early.
2: Mm-hmm. They all
0: like are doing their own thing and are like super secretive against each other and don't want to work together. Dato and Sh- uh, Shoto or whatever work together because they're friends. Uh, they're like the, the two Japanese yeah. characters yeah. Uh, but in the book no, nobody else even like H and, and Artemis none of them work together until the very very end of the book when it's like the final thing but Daito dies uh, in a big fight they find out where he lives I O I. like I said they have all their information they find him and they break into his apartment and they throw him off of the balcony Wow, <laughs> like a, a 44 story tall building um, so that character's dead by the end of the movie, um, I, I don't know if it's better, but it's interesting and, it, and like just kind of adds another crime. And it's also one of the main things that they use that he sends to like all the news corporations at the end to like show hey they're yeah murderers and that sort of thing. I liked Dato's moment at the end of the movie where he turns into the Gundam and fucks shit up. In the book, it's an Ultraman and it's not him, but whatever.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, the other thing that I liked is that more, and I think is the last thing is that in the book. There isn't the line. So at the end, when he meets Anorak, um, a lot about that is different. Like I said, Mm -hmm. everything is different. I could go on forever. But um, there's a weird line in the movie where he goes, you're not an Avatar. Wade says, you're not an Avatar. And Anorak's like, no. Or or, or at this point, he's not Anorak. Uh, Halliday goes, no, I'm not. And he goes, well, then what are you? And he goes, he doesn't answer. And he just leaves. He goes, but you're dead, right? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, well, what are you? And he just walks away. That's not in the book and because it doesn't make any sense yeah he's just an avatar in the like he's just a he's like a he's part of the game like he's just a programmed thing in the in mm -hmm. the book like he's not some there's like some weird allusion to him being like a ghost or something i don't even know what it's supposed to be in the movie like
1: uh (laughs) i don't know yeah Uh,
0: anyway but i I thought that was strange and didn't really make any sense and uh, didn't add anything for me so yeah that's that was it for better in the book all right so let's move on to better in the movie
2: my life has taught me one lesson, Hugo, and not the one I thought it would. Happy endings only happen in the movies.
0: Uh, everything, almost not really, uh, but a lot of stuff. So first, they cut all, mostly all of the gross, uh, problematic stuff. Most yeah. of it. Uh, the big one of the big ones is when Artemis breaks it off after that thing. Uh-huh. Uh, our guy like harasses her. Our main oh. character. Now I say harasses her. Uh, I have a He very. Um,
2: That's
1: endearing.
0: Yeah, he very grossly, uh, continuously, even though she says stop contacting me, continues to contact her. Cute. Yeah. Adorable. I tried everything I could think of to reach her. I sent her avatar flowers. I made multiple trips to her avatar stronghold, in armored palace on Benatar, the small moon she owned. I dropped mixtapes and notes on her palace from the air. Like lovesick bombs. Once in a supreme act of desperation, I stood outside her palace gates for two solid hours with a boombox over my head. Blasting in your eyes by Peter Gabriel at full volume. Yeah, that's not stalkery Mm. or fucking crazy at all. So yeah, that's completely removed, uh, which is nice. There's a really uh, weird transphobic line in the interaction between there's a a bunch of pages that are just uh text messages back and forth between parzival and artemis and this is like the beginning of their relationship Uh Uh, artemis says how well do you know h and parzival says he's been my best friend for five years now spill it are you a woman and by that i mean are you a human female who has never had a sex change operation wow (laughs) yeah so there's a great line (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's uh, that could be a straight out of like you see like screenshots that girls take when yeah. they're on like Tinder or yeah. whatever. That oh. could be straight out of that.
0: This is he 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 is he is very much Mister Nice Guy in this like the sort of um the uh, caricature of like online yeah. gross like Nice Guyism and like. Yeah. I I'm I'm just what I just like her a lot. Just, like and the funny, you know, he's, uh, I don't know. I, it, but yeah, so there's that. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff like that. They cut most of that out. They cut out. St- they cut out his uh, his uh. I'm not even gonna try to find it and read it. but He has a whole uh, section about masturbation that they cut out. Oh God. Um, about how great masturbation is, which I have no problem with masturbation. I have no problem with saying that masturbation is great. It just seems a little weird and self indulgent in this. Yeah. in a weird way. Um, and again, I, I don't want to, like, be weird about it. Like, I, it, yeah, it's, it's, sure, it's cool. Like, it's fine. <laughs> and, and and it's good to have a positive attitude towards it, but I, I would have to find it and read it to, it's just... It, again, it, 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 it all ties into that sort of weird, like, gross online, like, yeah. nice guy, like, uh, uh. Okay, most of that's gone. Uh, the only thing in the movie that still kind of was weird was, like, he's very obsessed with what she looks like and hoping she's pretty and then she turns out to be pretty mm-hmm. and like, but she has a birthmark and he's like, oh, don't worry baby I don't even care that you have that birthmark on your face there's something about it to me that feels weird yeah. I don't know <laughs> um, but most of their relationship is their relationship is significantly better uh, in the movie part of that is because they meet early right. they don't meet till the very end of the book just to add on here, they're meeting earlier in the movie, and their more collaborative effort in solving the puzzles and achieving the goal makes her feel slightly less like a prize that our main character wins. It's still there a bit, but it's slightly less problematic. Okay, they simplify the keys and the gates in the movie. There's just They just find the keys, and then... They collect them, and they get points, and then when they get to the end, they have to have all three keys to get in. Right. In the book, it is infinitely more complicated. Like I said, there's a challenge. It's a it's a mystery to find the key, then a challenge to get the key, then a, a mystery to find the gate, then a challenge once you get into the gate, and then a clue to find the next key. And so it's like, I had a hard time in my head trying to, because I was trying to remember what all the challenges and stuff they had to do were, mm-hmm. so I could compare it to the movie. And there's like literally like two for every gate key combination, and it started getting really confusing. Mm-hmm. And so they just really they they streamlined that, made it a lot yeah more straightforward, which I, I thought made sense.
1: That sounds better.
0: Yeah. Um, and just to, so people know, I, I wanted to talk about what the what the, the challenges are um, in the book. It's uh, the first one is uh, he has to play a video game, uh, and get to the end, and then uh, he gets the key. Or no, he gets the, he plays Joust and gets the key, and then mm-hmm. he gets to a place where he can open the gate. Um, and then when he goes in, he has to recreate war games, mm-hmm. scene for scene. And the second one, to get the key, he has to play a text-based video game, text-based, like, adventure game. Uh, but, like, in real, like, in the... Like, he's not text-based, it's like he's in it. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, a popular text-based game. And he has to do all this stuff, and then eventually that finds him the key and then for that one he has to play in order to unlock the jade gate parzival has to find the voigt Kampf machine from blade runner on the blade runner world uh, which then takes him into the black tiger video game which he has to complete it's mostly playing games like all old games <laughs> it's weird um uh, uh, and then the the final one is like a multi part thing where they finally they get the crystal key. In order to that it's a whole rush thing. Uh, the band Rush. They go to he has to go to a Rush planet and do a bunch of stuff, and then he gets the key. There's a whole planet for the band Rush. There's a whole planet for everything in the Oasis. Okay, All um,
2: right,
0: cool. Holiday was a big fan of Rush, so he had uh, that's naturally yeah. okay. Anyways, so he gets the crystal key from that, and then in order to open the crystal gate is inside Castle Anorak. He realizes that they have to... The reason they're all camped out at Castle Anorak and have it shielded like they do in the movie, uh, IOI does, they can't figure out how to get in the gate, even though they have the key. Turns out you have to use three keys at once. Oh. And there was a hint about that 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 the IOI missed out on. So anyway, so that's what the final thing. They open the gate. If he finally gets in, it happens the same way where... uh, Right before he's about to go into the final gate, or it's a similar way, right? As he's about to go into the final gate, they set the cataclyst thing off and everybody dies. But he has the coin and he comes back to life. Mm -hmm. And then he goes in the gate and uh, he basically has to play adventure. He does some other stuff, but he has to play adventure. And then he has to recreate the entirety of Monty Python, the Holy Grail, (laughs) line for line, as the main characters. Yes. So...
1: So, basically, he had to have, like, a circa fifth grade sleepover party. Yeah. Yes.
0: Awesome. It is all quite juvenile, shall we say. Cool. Um, but anyways, so, I like that they simplified all that. It made a lot more sense. And then when he finally got in, he just, yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, I thought that was good. Uh, the the curator, I like that addition. And and getting, changing it from them all having their own journals to just their being...
2: Like, like a, 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 library, a museum, like a library yeah. of
0: holiday. I thought that made sense. And I also thought I, I enjoyed that. And I like the way they incorporated Ogden Morrow into that because in the movie or in the book, he is watching them the whole time. Um, and there's some allusions to him kind of like rooting for them and kind of helping, but he doesn't ever. I like the way they worked him in as the curator and had, had a little more direct hand. In the book, he actually, at the end of it, the way they all meet up is he flies them all to his giant castle in. Oh. In the uh, Oregon or whatever where he lives, and and the whole final the whole final end of this movie, which is one of the things I like, where there there's all the real world stakes going on, where they're driving around and people are chasing them and they're yeah. fighting at the same time. That's not they're all in just hanging out at Ogden Morrow's sweet p- pad, doing the final battle, and there's like no real world like
2: oh. shit going
0: on. Like they're all just there in like his super fancy swanky pad or house, which is uh, a direct replica of Rivendell from the Lord of the
1: Rings <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: All right. Yeah.
0: Um, but so I like the way they worked it in because the way he gets the quarter in the book uh, that gives him the extra life is he, play, he goes to a random planet that he thought was where a, a key was, but it wasn't. It turns out it was a dead end, but he plays, he finds like another Easter egg where he plays a game of Pac-Man and gets a perfect score and that gives him a quarter
2: mm-hmm. and
0: that's how he gets his extra life. Thought getting rid of that made sense and incorporating it into the core, uh, the curator, and kind of tying Ogden Morrow in more that way made sense. Uh, I like that they meet up earlier and they all meet up in real life earlier Mm because, like I said, they don't meet up until the very end, right before the final battle at the castle. uh, Ogden Morrow flies them all out to his thing. He's like, Hey, you guys, I'm rooting for you. You should all come here because they're all being like on the run from IOI basically because they know where they all live. And he brings them all there and they hang out there. And it's like happy, but I like them meeting up earlier and kind of the back and forth and the the whole resistance thing and
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I think it helps slightly. Um,
1: I think that helps with like the themes and the messages. Yeah. it seems like
0: I think it helps. That, I think it helps with Artemis's and his relationship a little bit. Um, yeah, makes it a little less weird. A little less weird. I like that. It's funny because I like the mechs fighting at the end, but I also like that. H is like a builder and builds the Iron Giant. I thought that was interesting. She doesn't yeah. do that, or he, she doesn't do that in the book. She's she's a uh, she's like a really good fighter. Mm-hmm. She's like plays like first person shooters like competitively, like professionally in mm. in the Oasis, basically. But she doesn't have like the tech skills or whatever that they kind of allude to. Finale Xander, that character, the woman who's the right hand woman yes. of Sorrento, is not in the book at all. Mm -hmm. Complete fabrication. I thought she was fine. Interesting. I thought it it made sense to have an extra character there who was kind of the muscle because Sorrento is like the head of the business type of thing. I like that Artemis is the one who ends up at IOI. In the book, it's all... Wade's plan, Parzival's plan, to... He actually... They don't get... Uh, he doesn't get arrested like they do. Like, they don't just get found and he gets... A, and she gets... A, like, how she gets arrested in the movie. Um, he actually has a plan because they need to figure out how to bring down the shield. That shield that's up right. around Castle Anorak. They don't know how to bring it down. He has a plan where he gets arrested. He he makes a bunch of fake debt, gets arrested, and put into the... Basically enslaved. They have indentured servitude to pay off his debt I- right. for IOI. Uh, and so he gets... Put into the system. When he's there, he hacks into their system and figures out a way to make a robot take a bomb and blow up the person who's using the orb. In the in the book, it's somebody has to be holding the orb at mm-hmm. all times for it to work.
2: That's that
1: seems very convoluted. It's a little
0: convoluted. So, and I like that they gave that to Artemis. Basically, yeah. it's a similar thing, but it's just slightly different. And I like that Artemis does it. Gives her more to do
2: than mm-hmm. she has
0: in the book. I like that they don't just reenact movies, but that the one scene in The Shining, uh, the way they get she gets the key, it actually r- involves some character development and like some backstory with uh, the whole... Zo- as weird as the whole zo- the dancing ghosts thing mm-hmm. is, the whole idea of um, sort of living in the moment and, and taking that leap and, and, and pushing people to take that leap and take that step and do the thing that they're too scared to do or whatever. Yeah whereas in the book it's just repeat every line of this movie
2: yeah That's, like yeah there's
0: some character as <laughs> it, it, thin and as meh as it is there's at least some character development in the way they try to do the movie tie-in in the movie versus how they do them in the book where it's literally just repeat all these lines and act like the person <laughs> in the movie it's stupid um <laughs> i like that artemis kills sorrento or his avatar uh because in the book it's parzival and he's really obnoxious about it
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I like the random shot where they're they are driving down the street and they see and it's the final battle and they cut to the uh, they, they're looking out and everybody is like fighting just yeah. standing on the street I thought it was funny <laughs> and it would make sense because everybody's in the oasis like some of it's a little weird they're all just like randomly on the street but um I don't know it made me chuckle I thought there's not really any allusion to that in the book but I thought it was kind of funny and yeah that's that's it those are the things I liked more. We got to wrap this up. <laughs> those are the things I liked more. Mostly. Right. There's probably more I could think about, but those were some of the yeah. other things.
1: Well, it sounds like it was just super different.
0: Oh, it's completely different. Yeah. All the challenges are completely different. All the, I mean, the characters are roughly similar. Um, the, the structure is similar. The characters are all different. Or the, the challenges are all different. The story mm-hmm. all different. The way everything plays out is completely different.
1: And, you know, I. I didn't have much trouble following this. I I thought it was pretty well done. I did think it was a little exposition heavy Yeah. in some places. Yeah,
0: and the book is too. So. Yeah.
1: But by and large, I, I didn't have a problem following the plot of the movie. Cool. Despite not having read the book.
0: Well, there you go. Oh, there's also a thing in the book about sex dolls, and I'm glad they didn't put that in. Oh, okay. <laughs> gosh jesus oh uh, so uh, much so much let me tell you so much um
1: yeah it's been really amusing watching you read this book
0: yeah what's what's the last what are any oh any other yeah i guess the other discussion any before other, we get to the final. I, I don't i do okay <laughs> sorry i have to so let's move on to uh random random thoughts and then we'll hit uh we'll get we'll get this wrapped up have to read you this. So I, I, I probably, I guess I don't really have anything else, but this I have to read you. So this is the, the author of this book, Ernest Klein, wrote uh, some spoken word poetry. Okay. And now a lot of people online have, have criticized some of the more problematic elements of Ready Player One, and I, I agree with a lot of them. Uh, I find a lot of the, the early parts of this book very obnoxious mm-hmm. um, and Like I said, gatekeepy and sort of everything wrong with internet and gaming culture, kind of, to some extent. It also has some good moments later on, and it's less tedious and less obnoxious. But, so, the guy, Ernest Klein, who wrote this, uh, also fancies himself a spoken word poet. Awesome. And uh, just to kind of expand on the ideas uh, that he can be rather problematic. Now, I was unable to find anything of him, like saying he no longer feels this way this was written years ago uh mm-hmm. this is a poem he wrote I, I don't i haven't ever seen him uh disown this shall i say it's still on his website if you go to his website you can still find it there and listen to him recite it we're an adult show here in general but this is gonna be slightly more sensitive than some of our stuff <laughs> it's not too bad ernest klein uh nerd porn auteur It's the name of this poem you ready
1: Okay, wait, hang on, time out. <laughs> Is his name part of no, the No, 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 sorry. It's, I
0: should have said Nerd Porn Autour, a poem by Ernest. Okay, or okay.
2: Whatever. Sorry.
0: I've noticed that there don't seem to be any porn movies that are made for guys like me. All the porn I've ever come across was targeted at beer swilling, sports bar dwelling alpha males, men who like their women stupid and submissive, men who can only get it up for monosyllabic cock hungry nymphos, and gargantuan bitches. Uh, and gargantuan boobs. It's slightly censored. I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out what the... And with gargantuan boobs and a three-word vocabulary, adult films are populated with these collagen-injected, liposuctioned women, many of whom have resorted to surgery and self-mutilation in an attempt to look the way they've been told to look. These aren't real women. They're objects. (laughs) And these movies aren't erotic. They're pathetic. These vacuum-headed fuck bunnies don't turn me on. They disgust me. And it's not that I'm against pornography. I mean, I'm a guy, and guys need porn fact like a preacher needs pain like a needle needs a vein guys need porn but i don't want to watch this misogynist Mm, he doesn't want to watch anything misogynist (laughs) he man woman hater porn i want porn movies that are made with guys like me in mind guys who know that the sexiest thing in the world is a woman who's smarter than you are you can have the whole cheerleading squad. I want the girl in the tweed skirt and the horn-rimmed glasses. Betty Finabowski, the Battle of the Oh, yes. First, I want to copy her trig homework, and then I want to make mad, passionate love to her for hours and hours until she reluctantly asks if we can stop because she doesn't want to miss Battlestar Galactica. Summa cum laude, baby. This is what I call erotic. But do you ever see that kind of woman in a contemporary adult film? No, which is why I'm going to start directing geek porn. I shall be quintes—I shall be the quintessential nerd porn auteur, and the women in my porno movies will be the kind that drive nerds like me mad with desire. I'm going to skip a little here.
1: I keep thinking it's going to end, and then it's it doesn't.
0: A, it's it's pretty uh it's pretty close. This is a fucking goldmine. I'm going to make millions because this country is full of database programmers and electronics engineers, and they aren't getting the loving they so desperately need. And you can help. If you're an intelligent woman who is interested in breaking into the adult film industry, and if you can tell me the name of Luke Skywalker's home planet, then you are hired. It doesn't matter if you think you're overweight or unattractive. It doesn't matter if you think you're beautiful. You are beautiful, and I will make you a star.
1: Was that also a casting call? I do know. <laughs> I love... Uh, oh, the... Irony. Uh, right? Is
0: so the thick. irony is so fucking thick. I love the just literally, I don't want to watch this misogynist He-Man woman hater porn. Let me let me dial back to the last paragraph. These aren't real women, they're objects. <laughs> I mean, can you can you be more He he managed to pile in slut shaming and sex work profession or sex work shaming and fucking misogyny all in the name of 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 not being misogynist misogynist and being super woke and progress. Like, the irony is so (sighs) uncomfortable. again i don't know if he stands by that still like if he still thinks yeah. that he likes that i could not find anything of him saying anywhere but he still has it linked on his site and you can just click on it and read it like if i had written i because like i can see being young and being stupid and writing something whatever trying sure. to be edgy yeah. and interesting and you know what i can even you know i don't i never had thoughts like that but i could see how it'd be like whatever people change you, you you're dumb i've had lots of dumb things that i thought when i was younger but I wouldn't have that, if I had written something that up awful, I would not yeah. still, like, have it linked on my website. Yeah. I would have, or or if I did, I would have a, an addendum saying, this is the worst <laughs> thing I've ever written, and I disagree with everything I say in it, and I realize how ironic and terrible it is. <sighs> Anyways, I had to. uh... Uh... <laughs> uh... <laughs> I had to I found that on the one
1: hand I'm glad that you did on the other hand I could have happily gone my entire life without hearing that
0: yep anyways uh final verdict (laughs) time
1: that's on you babe alright
0: let's do it time for the final verdict
1: now uh,
2: are you ready for your sentence sentence but there must be a verdict first sentence first verdict afterwards
0: yeah the movie's better (laughs) movie's 100% better uh, it's more exciting. It's more interesting. It does a better job telling the story in a succinct way without dragging. It cuts out all of the most problematic elements of the, I say all, most of the most problematic elements uh, and sort of like weird, gross elements of the book. It, it doesn't weigh itself down in references in quite the same way the book does. It's mm-hmm. it, And it's what I thought where when you're seeing it all, when you're watching and you're seeing all these things that are, your things you recognize, it's not nearly as in-your-face right. and annoying as reading, like I did earlier, lists yeah. of just stuff. Yeah. And then that, I mean, those two pages are where that goes the hardest, but throughout the whole thing it's just constantly talking about referencing things and talking about other things and then explaining things. It's like reading Wikipedia articles sometimes. Like, it's it's really <laughs> tedious. And so the movie is a lot more digestible and a lot less obnoxious in that way. He's also just a less obnoxious character in the movie. Wade is he's a lot... He doesn't have all the scenes early in the book where he's like uh, poning posers about all his sweet yeah. nerd knowledge and like and waxing on about masturbation and atheism. Like, <laughs> it's <laughs> rough. Uh, movie's way better. Uh, it, it's still not a great movie by any stretch, and it's still you know yeah. it 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 it, it pushes aside um, thematic elements and, and interesting pl- uh, interesting themes or any sort of interesting. Ideas for spectacle, but it's right. what it is. It's a popcorn spectacle movie. Yeah, no,
1: it is. It's it's spectacle. It's and yeah, some of the messages were watery.
0: Yeah, again, it's like um, oh, okay, spend yeah. more time in the real world. Like, and
1: there are definitely some cheesy moments. Yeah,
0: there's cheesy moments, but you know, this sort of like oh, you can be anything you want, uh, or like don't let you know, uh, be confident in who you are. And again, mm-hmm. it's like all oh, vaguely not very well done, but what, yeah, it's fine. Oh, so just real quick. The reason that uh, H is a white dude in the Oasis mm-hmm. um, is because her mom worked, uh, her mom told her it's way easier, which again, this guy tries sometimes to be like super cool and progressive, but just mostly yeah. fails. And she goes like, you know, it's like way easier to be a white dude in the Oasis yeah. or cause her mom like works in like tech support or something. And is like, look, I get taken way more seriously if I'm like a white guy. So you can just be a white guy. And so that's why H makes a white character, white male character, so she's right. taken yeah. More seriously.
1: I And I, I understand the message of yeah, that. But then there's also something like yeah. pretty problematic yep. about a white guy writing writing the character of a black girl who disguises herself as a white guy.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I agree. Yeah. I uh, agree. I'm glad uh, I didn't read she's that. She's also book. gay in the H is gay and I don't know if that's even mentioned in the movie, but
1: I don't think so. I don't think it was. She's but, gay. but we don't spend a ton of time with her after meeting no, her actually in no. in person. I did think life. that was a
0: weird problematic moment, or at least tone deaf moment in the movie, was with at the end I, I say tone deaf. Uh at the end, like when the cops show up, like we're in a really dystopian future and we're already mm-hmm. in a place where uh relationships between uh people of color, particularly the black people in America, and, and police is not yeah. At an all-time high. And, like, the weird with the way that, like, she, like, happily, smiley goes and chats with these police officers. And, like, something about it and the way she's, like, so happily talking to them. And, like, yeah, this is... I don't know. Something about it just felt tone deaf to me and weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could be... I don't know. I could be feeling that for no reason. I just... I felt like it was a little, like... Oh, it's great that you, in this dystopian future, <laughs> apparently the cops are way cooler now. and am like, black people just love chatting with them. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no. Movie's better. That's, that's that. God, that's a long one. Wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> Katie, what's next?
1: Uh, coming up next week, we are doing another movie that's in theaters right now.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. Um, we're going to go see Love, Simon.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm excited.
1: I am, too. Finished the book already. It was really good. It Movie's getting good cute. reviews. Yeah. So I'm excited about it.
0: Cool. So that'll be two weeks or next week? No, next week. Oh, good. Or three in a row.
1: I know.
0: <sighs> you guys are getting a lot of content. <laughs> <laughs> like usual, you can check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, we have a subreddit, r slash lit. We have a goodreads. Just search for this film as late you can find us if you could do us a big favor if you're still here and you stuck with us give us a review on itunes give us a review on stitcher on wherever you listen to us google play really helps uh because once we get enough of them we start getting shared around more and we start getting recommended more on itunes and that sort of thing which gets our listenership up we're we're still we're still on that steady incline. We're getting more and more and more every week, which is exciting.
1: Yeah, um, and maybe, you know, 20, 30 years from now, someone will write a dense pop culture book.
0: And this film and is lit. And it
1: will be in a list. Oh my god. In that book. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> it
0: would be amazing. I just love the idea of, like, somebody reading through. I read, I listened to all the best podcasts about film. <laughs> I don't even know why. I can't think of some other ones, but. And this film is lit. Oh yeah. I even listened to this film. Is (laughs) that
1: I I even listened to all the prequel episodes?
0: (laughs) Yeah, some slackers didn't listen to the prequel episodes, but (laughs) I did because I'm that hardcore. (laughs) Jesus. All right, that's going to do it. Until next time, guys, and gals, and non binary, and however you identify, keep reading books, keep watching movies, keep being awesome.